Praise God and welcome to the word at my church. I'm Pastor Stephanie and if this is the first time joining us, we want you to know that you are in the right place and I encourage you to share this broadcast with at least three people because as believers, we have a mandate to spread the gospel all over the world. We are a teaching ministry with a mission to help people get better by teaching them how the word works. So get your Bible, your notebook, your pen, your highlighter, and let's get ready to dig into God's word. But before we do, let's begin with our Bible confession. This is my Bible. I believe every word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. By listening to its word and applying it by faith, it'll change my life. And it will also change the life of others with whom I share this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you. We worship you. We adore you today. Lord God, I pray that, Lord God, that you would just remove all hindrances and distractions, Father God. And Lord, as we commune with you in our homes or wherever this broadcast is being sent forth, Lord God, I pray that it just falls on ears to hear and hearts to receive the word that's given today. I thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being able to do this. And Lord God, I just pray that you just uh, cover what's being said and Holy Spirit, do what you do best. And I pray, God, that you will allow people to be convicted and Lord God, renew through this word that's delivered today. I love you, Lord God. We love you. And we give you all glory on and praise. Amen, amen, amen. All right. I pray y'all have enjoyed just uh, some of the guests that we've had who uh, really preached a word. Amen. So, you know, one of the things that I love the most um, is that, you know, many times we may not talk to each other, but we all kind of line up within the spirit about what we want to convey, especially what the Lord tells us to convey to the people. And sometimes we'll talk to, you know, people in our covenant family and my God, it's just like we were just on the phone yesterday with some of the things that they shared. So last Sunday, Pastor Tuck told us why so many of us struggle to tune in the right frequency is static. And one of the biggest sources of static for the believer is guilt and condemnation. He also told us that they, you know, those people who speak against you (laughs) weren't authorized to tell you how God felt about you or to say anything contrary to what the word says. But because they were voices of influence, you accepted it and told yourself that God was disappointed in you. And this is because static, which is similar in frequency to the signal being received, interferes with your ability to process God's word. Whew. I tell you, you should listen to this uh, the sermon from last Sunday because Pastor Tucker truly breaks down engineering concepts and applies them to what we need as believers. So, you know, when he talked about the old radio, you know, the the one where you had to like tune in and when you tuned into it, you literally had to like really, really listen closely 
to hear through the static to find the station that you were looking for. Or it was a different station completely. For example, on Sundays, many radio stations would play gospel music in the AM and switch back to R&B music a few minutes after church. Yeah. Don't move the knob (laughs) because when you got back in the car, you would search for that station again, and instead of worship music, you turned to a song that takes you back. Come on now, y'all know that song. The first that reminds you of the first kiss, uh, the slow dance, the days that you were in places you weren't supposed to be, uh, the dancing that led to other dances, the songs that reminded you of getting drunk or high. Isn't it funny how the intrusiveness of the song could trigger unwanted memories? or memories of sin that can't, excuse me, memories of sin that you thought at that time was fine. And then it takes a minute for you to just even come back to yourself. Now, I love Jill Scott. You know, I enjoy her music, but one of the songs that I love of hers is called He Loves Me. And the song He Loves Me, just the lyrics alone, It makes my heart get full because it makes me think about my wonderful husband, Lewis Tucker Jr., you know, because he loves me unconditionally, you know, and just he makes me so happy, etc. So just the sound of the song can immediately take me back to when, you know, I was dancing with my husband in his arms or, you know, just some of the, the things that we used to do as young folk as dating. And, but, you know, now even 26 years later in our marriage, I still get that kind of girly butterfly feeling when I see him. And I think about how the song He Loves Me by Jill Scott affects me. Now, you can easily pick up on other songs. So I happened to just uh, ask Alexa to play some songs, you know, and I heard the music. It sounded just like He Loves Me by Jill Scott. But it turned out to be a song called You Love Me by Karen Clark Sheard. And it featured her daughter, Kiara. Now, you know, that song that they did as far as trying to switch the concept over to the love of God, I got where they were coming from. But I had a hard time trying to process through the sound of the music and the lyrics, because I began to go back and think about the songs that were done by Jill Scott, especially that one called He Loves Me. So, you know, certain songs can trigger thoughts. And, you know, it's interesting, even though it was a song that Karen Clark Shear did, and we know they're gospel artists, I could not hear or receive the gospel through the song because I was tuning into the frequency of my flesh, you know, thinking about past histories with my husband. So, you know, it it can cause all kinds of triggers. Sometimes it can cause triggers of shame, embarrassment, and it can resurface the desires and discomforts of the flesh. Come on. You hear a certain beat and it takes you back to that party that you were at when you were in college. 
All right. So last Sunday, Pastor Tuck gave his engineering example of how static is managed by using the metaphor or example of being grounded in love, the conduit being Christ and the cross, and how it produces the right frequency called faith. Man. Now, many of you know I provided counseling for many years, and one of my favorite areas was how the brain processed events. Situations, whether good or bad, how they are stored in our long-term memory, and how thoughts, whether they be good and bad, are brought to the surface. In other words, they're triggered. Uh-huh. That affects what we think, what we believe, and how we behave. But, you know, I want to say something. You know, the term being triggered or triggered is used so loosely now that everything triggers someone. I mean, everything. Oh, I've been triggered. Oh, I've been triggered. Really? Have you been triggered? Because those reactions and responses, especially the ones that are flesh-based, not only affect others, but it affects you. For example, you know, someone says something that reminds you of what someone said about you years ago. Mm-hmm. And it makes you angry. And then the next thing you know, you getting drunk, you cuss them out, you get in the car, you get a DUI lose your license and a job because you can't drive your vehicle. (laughs) So, you know, that trigger that may not necessarily be a trigger caused you to just live out what was in your flesh, you know? So when all along it was how you listened and interpreted what you thought they said, and it had nothing to do with you or your past. Now, if you be honest you just wanted to have a reason to cuss somebody out. Mm-hmm. I just, I just need a reason. Let me just go ahead and tell them off because they ain't had no business saying that I'm triggered. Well, you're tuning in to the frequency of the flesh. And if we know anything about our flesh, it definitely affects what situations we are exposed to and how we think and believe about the situation and how our flesh affects our behavior. But guess what? We do have a choice either to listen to our flesh or tune out all distractions. And beloved, you can be your own distraction. Yeah. So today I want to talk to you about the frequency of the flesh. Is that all right? You see, your flesh is performing actions or making decisions according to self. Done apart from faith and proceeds out of the part of us that is not transformed by God. So there are parts of us that are still needing to be transformed by God. And it doesn't how long doesn't matter how long you are a believer because guess what? You are still flesh. Huh? You still flesh and you have your spirit. So if you look at Galatians 5:17, the NIV version says, "For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit." And the spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature. 
They are in conflict with each other so that you do not want do what you want. Let me say that again. They are in conflict with each other so that you don't do what you want. <laughs> you know, today we see so many people do what is contrary to the spirit. And then their actions, their behaviors, their thoughts, their things they listen to, the things they say, you know, they know everything. Have you met someone that just thinks they know everything and don't know nothing, right? You can't tell them nothing and they think, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, my mama had a saying, a hard head makes a soft tail every time. And I tried to clean it up because she used the word other than tail. Okay. So Ephesians chapter six, verse 12 says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rules, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. See, it's important for us as believers to understand the conflict between the flesh and the spirit. It's a conflict, y'all. Turn with me to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, and we're going to start at verse 11. And I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. And it says, And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear took possession of him. But the angel said unto him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your petition was heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John, which means God is favorable. Now drop down to verse 18. And it says, and Zechariah said to the angel, by what shall I know and be sure of this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. Verse 19. And the angel replied to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God and I have been sent to talk to you and to bring this good news to you. Now behold, you will be and will be silent and not able to speak to the day when these things take place because you have not believed what I told you. But my words are of a kind which will be fulfilled in the appointed and proper time. Now, the angel Gabriel, he pressed the mute button to tune out Zachariah's flesh. Why? Because Zechariah chose to listen to his flesh that made him believe in the limitations of he and Elizabeth's body. His thoughts were clearly believed and spoken. He tuned, to, he tuned into the flesh frequency and distorted his thoughts that made him say, by what shall I be sure of this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in her years. Now I'm like, come on, Zachariah. <laughs> you know, why are you even questioning it? 
Why are you even doubting it? Here you are, you're a man of God, and you actually are a priest where you sit there and talk to people about the things of God. So Gabriel, he pressed the mute button within the second and third trimester of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Now, I am certain Zachariah began to tune in to the high frequency of the voice of God and the word of God that he taught to others because he could not say anything that was contrary to what God said to him through that angel. So in other words, you know, the, the, the fact that Gabriel stopped uh, the frequency of what uh, Zachariah's flesh was telling him, you know, Gabriel basically said, boop, well, I'm going to mute what you say because you need to spend more time and with, you know, hearing from God about what I have uh, brought to you from God to tell you what to expect from God. But your flesh is getting in the way. So by pressing the mute button, it is to silence ourselves, what we hear and what we say to ourselves, because your voice is the loudest voice that you will hear. It's about what you say about you until you will have whatever you say. It's what you hear about you is what you hear. It's what you think about you is what you even think because you spend the most time with you and your flesh. Sure enough, who do you spend the most time with? Yourself. Who do you look at first thing in the morning when you look in the mirror? Yourself. <laughs> you know, it's important to seek and listen to the voice of God and recognize the sovereignty of God. And you got to press the mute button to stop all distractions and receive, believe, and say what he says. We do not echo the voice of God as we should. Come on, we don't do that. Because we are tuned into the voice of our flesh. And flesh, y'all, it's flesh. Plain and simple. Flesh is flesh. That what That is what makes you focus on your abilities, on your failures, and insecurities. Instead of tuning in and listening to the frequency of what God said you can do than what you think you can do. My, my, my. So you're listening to what God said you can do than what you think you can do. My, my, my. Zachariah needed to listen to what God said he could do instead of what he thought he was able to do. You can see what God wants for you than what you can see for yourself. Man, you know how it is as kids, you know, I, even when I tell the girls certain things to watch out for or, you know, things that I know that the world subtly tries to put in and tell them what I see. And I see not only with my sight, but I see with my spirit because I see what the spirit is and I see what the world brings through the flesh. And because I can see more for them than they can see for themselves, 
you know, they at least listen. Now, they may not automatically listen thoroughly the first time, but sure enough, through life experience, they see exactly what I've talked about. So I can see what God wants for them, then they can even, excuse me, see for themselves. Now, uh, go down to verse 57. We're still in Luke 1, and I'm going to read from Amplified Version. And it says, Now the time that Elizabeth should be delivered came, and she gave birth to a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown shown great mercy on her, and they rejoiced with her. And it occurred that on the eighth day, when they came to circumcise the child, they were intending to call him Zechariah after his father. But his mother answered, Not so, but he shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your relatives is called by that name. And they inquired with signs to the father as to what he wanted to have him called. Then Zechariah asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they all were established. Excuse me, they all were astonished. <laughs> they, were, they were established by seeing what Zechariah did, y'all. But it says Zechariah asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they all were astonished. And at once his mouth was opened, his tongue loosed, and he began to speak blessing and praising and thanking God. See, when you conquer your flesh by yielding or submitting to the spirit, you have won the battle. Praise God. You know, some folk, they have to learn the hard way. And some folk can be a quote unquote seasoned believer. That's what them some folk can be, the seasoned believer believer, or in church all of their lives, but the church is not in them. Or others have it easier because of their obedience and submission unto God, recognizing situations that happen are not about them. Let me say that again. Others have it easier because of their obedience and submission unto God, recognizing situations that happen are not about them. Be free of you. It's not about you. It's about something bigger than you, something bigger than them. You don't believe me? Well, let's look down. Let's look back, excuse me, at Luke 1. Chapter 1, and we're going to start at verse 26. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And it says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what matter of greeting was this. 
Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest and the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever of his kingdom. There will be no end. My God. So, you know, she considered (laughs) what the angel said. Now, she didn't say anything like, what kind of greeting is this? No, she considered, meaning she thought about it, but she didn't speak it. You know, she thought about it, but she didn't react or show resistance to what the angel was relaying to her. Verse 34, it says, Then Mary said to the angel, You know, how can this be since I do not know a man? Now, she wasn't being resistant. She wasn't being obstinate. She was just asking a question. Why? Because Mary was a virgin. Mary Mary was never married. (laughs) She had no previous experience. Whereas she can look back at Elizabeth and Sarah, how they became pregnant, but it was pregnant by their husbands through the help of the Spirit of God. Okay, so Elizabeth and Sarah were married, but Mary was not. Now, Mary's question was not in doubt, but she was trying to gain clarity. Sometimes we need to just stop listening to what our flesh tells us. Because sometimes, y'all, what our flesh tells us fuels doubt, fuels uh, uh, second guessing oneself. So we just need to stop listening to what our flesh tells us and believe what God said. Verse 20, I mean, verse 35. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy one is to be born will be called the son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your, me- your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age and is now in the sixth month for her who co- was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Mm. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be me, be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Wow. So you see, Mary tuned into the frequencies of God's instructions and she submitted. She tuned into the frequency and that frequency was according to the word, the word from God that was delivered through Gabriel to her. And because she submitted and because she was obedient to God's instructions, do you see the miraculous thing that she did? She gave birth to the son of God without knowing a man. You know, she did these things 
And, you know, just think if she was being disobedient. What happened if she said, you know, look here, Angel, you crazy. Ain't no way I can get pregnant and I ain't, you know, been with nobody. And then for me to get pregnant and I'm engaged to Joseph. I mean, she could have pulled out all those fleshly facts. You know, the facts that she sees with her eyes and her flesh. But instead, she trusted the facts and the orders and the directives that came straight from the word of God, that came straight from his mouth through Gabriel, that was truth. Amen? So she tuned into the frequency of God's instruction and submitted. Now, there are four steps to assist in controlling the frequency of our flesh. Four steps. And trust me, I'm not going to keep you long today because I think just the, the, the story, the word that, you know, talks about the excitement of Elizabeth and the fragility of Mary's innocence, but how, you know, she received the word of God and tuned out everything and not succumbing to her flesh can cause this, this awakening in us today. And I praise God that it does. So I won't keep you long. Okay. Four steps to assist in controlling the frequency of the flesh. Number one, walk in the spirit. Yeah, that's easier said than done Steph, right? Past the step, but walk in the spirit. And what that would entail would be walking in the word of God and seeking his truth daily. Huh? Walking in the word of God. So, you know, instead of running around work with your head cut off like a, like a chicken or, you know, having a lot of, uh, Students come at you if you're a teacher and yeah, they may be plucking your last nerve and yes, they may just be disobedient. But when you walk in the spirit and you walk in the word of God, you're able to fortify yourself. You're able to fortify your spirit. And because you're seeking his truth daily, the truth will set you free. (laughs) You know, the truth will set you free from what you wanted to put hands on that kid or, you know, uh, whatever, you know, the truth will set you free and you'll be able to, again, fortify yourself by walking in the word of God and walking in the spirit. Amen. I found when I was at work, sometimes, um, all hell would be breaking out in the clinic, you know, Um, sometimes I would have to intervene with a belligerent patient, or sometimes I would have people walk in and out of my door asking questions. The phone would ring, you know, somebody would come in and was suicidal, you know, all kind of stuff. But see, if I didn't walk in the spirit, I wouldn't be able to hear from God and to understand what he would have me to do. Because guess what? It's much, it was much bigger than me. Now, if I had walked in the flesh, would I have helped anybody? No, absolutely not. Walking in the flesh would have been, I'm on my lunch break. I ain't got time. Why are they calling me again? Didn't I just talk to them last week? I'm not going to answer my voicemails because, you know, I just don't feel like it. I ain't got time. No, I walked in the spirit. Because I recognized that God wanted to use me in a greater way. And in order to use me in a greater way, I had to control that frequency of the flesh, which caused me to, um, you know, do what God desired 
for me to do, to be used in ways to this day, sometimes it completely blows my mind. (laughs) So walk in the spirit. Amen. The second step would be take every thought captive. Every single thought captive. You know, a lot of times these thoughts can cause assumptions and assumptions aren't always correct. Jumping to conclusions about things aren't always correct. Even overgeneralizing stuff is not all correct. And those are subtle ways that the enemy tries to get you to believe lies instead of the truth. So you have to take every thought captive, right? So if you're sitting there and then all of a sudden, maybe again, you hear a song and it takes you back to a day that wasn't your best day. You know, uh, you didn't uh, uh, present yourself in a way that was godly. And it can take you right back to the mistakes that you've made, the different acts of sin that you are too embarrassed to talk about. And it can cause the enemy to go, see, you still that person. All it takes is for that song to play. You know, you want to go back and call Raheem. I just made up that name, but you know, you, you know, you want to go ahead and call him. Remember what it was like, girl. No. Dude, you need to go ahead and sit there, you know, go ahead and text her, see what happens. Okay, so you got to take captive that thought and not believe the lie that, you know, I can treat people anyway. That it's okay for me to want to step outside of my marriage. It's okay for me to want to, you know, have sex with a young lady just to keep her lingering on. Or it's okay for me to be manipulative and use my body as a form of manipulation so that I can keep them. All of those are lies from the the pits of hell, okay? So you got to take every thought captive to help control that frequency of the flesh that wants to push you to act out of character, that wants to push you into sin. Number three. Free yourself from self-centeredness. My, 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 my. So many people out there today are so self-centered. Where they think the world revolves around them to the point that they put self in everything. You know, if something bad happens to someone, they think it's their fault. Or if, you know, someone's not paying attention to them, then their self-centeredness can cause them to act out. Or they sit there and someone is trying to actually talk to them about maybe their struggles with sin. You know, maybe they need to come to a quote-unquote accountability partner. But if you're so self-centered and you can't even minister the word to them because you're so focused on you, What's going to happen to that person that's coming to see you, to seek you about what they need to do to help their frequency of flesh? Huh? So you got to free yourself of self-centeredness, meaning it ain't about you. Let me say that again. 
and I'll say it properly, it is not about you. Yeah, let's, let's stay there and let that sit. Huh? Free yourself from self-centeredness because it's not about you. And anytime you focus on the you, that's when the flesh can get satisfied and the sin man, um, excuse me, and the spirit man can minimize. You don't want the spirit man to minimize. You want it to grow. And by growing, you have to look at helping other people. You have to look at stepping outside of yourself to be able to minister to someone else. Okay. Cause you think about it. If Mary was self-centered, she would not have been willing to say, okay, I'm going to give birth to Jesus who is going to save the world from all sin. So, you know, how come he can save the world? I'm the one that's going to be carrying him for nine months and have to push him out. And, you know, that's my baby boy. And he's a mama's boy. And he's supposed to do everything for me. No. She had to learn how to free herself of self-centeredness because she knew that her son was supposed to provide something greater. So, again, controlling the frequency of your flesh. Step number three, free yourself from yourself. <laughs> Free yourself from self-centeredness. Number four, make a melody in your heart to the Lord. Focus on the Lord and make a song, you know, listen to songs of worship that are based on scripture. Why do I say based on scripture? Because some of these contemporary songs are not based on scripture. You know, it's sad. You can sit there and look at television today and you have um, certain shows that are out that quote unquote may have the word kingdom in the title or have people that have represented the gospel community, uh, whether it's, you know, gospel music or a writer or whatever. And they're on shows that are filled with smut. Now, same thing with listening to songs that aren't based on scripture. You know, there are several artists out there that I love that literally use Psalms and the word of God, the direct words that come out of the Bible, set it to music and it is beautiful worship music. And even if you can't listen to a song or sing a lick, you know, make a melody in your heart to the Lord. Huh? I trust God, you know. You can, t you can say, I trust in God with all my heart and I lead not to my own understanding. I mean, simple songs, okay? But keep that melody in your heart to the Lord. Why? Because it causes you to have a more adoration and appreciation for who he is in your life. Now, let's look at Luke chapter one. We all in this chapter today, y'all. I'm going to go to verse 46 and it says, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant for behold, henceforth, all generations will call me blessed for he who is mighty has done great things for me. Mm. 
and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imaginations of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. In many versions of the Bible, the title of this is Mary's Mary's song or Mary's worship. And it talks about how she sang these words, you know, and I can just imagine how when the baby would, you know, either flit in her, in her, in her uterus, or, you know, maybe when, uh, she may had morning sickness. I mean, morning sickness can be applied to Mary, can't it? (laughs) So instead of going, Oh Lord, you know, I'm sick again. No, she went to her song, the melody in her heart that gives honor and adoration to God for what he's done in her life. So the word says that Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and returned home. Hmm. Three months she stayed. So y'all know the first trimester can always be one of risk. You know, if any um, one has been pregnant before, even if you read it, it, a lot of people don't announce their pregnancy until they're finished with the first trimester. And the first trimester is zero to three months. Yeah. So she stayed with Elizabeth for three months and then returned home. And I recognize that it may be that she knew she had to protect the promise that God gave her. You know, she knew she had to protect the embryo that was in her body, protect the seed of Abraham that was in her body to protect the seed that was planted so that um, it can cause generations to be blessed. Can you imagine how huge of an undertaking that was? The fact that she knew that she was chosen by God to be impregnated, to bring forth the son of God. So, you know, just like Mary... Uh, Mary recognized that it wasn't about her. I mean, it was about something bigger. Come on now. She needed to tune out the frequency of the flesh to fortify her faith because she had to go home to naysayers. (laughs) Yeah, you know them naysayers, those gossipers, those critics. I can see it now. Can you imagine Here comes a girl who visited with her cousin and was gone for about three months and was pregnant when she came back and supposed to be getting married to someone else. Man, you talk about gossip trains. You know that was going on. Or even critics, guys saying, yo, man, you know, Joseph, Joseph, crazy, man. Joseph, a punk. He don't realize, you know, his girl done went to see her cousin and she done came back pregnant by somebody else. Man, ain't no way I deal with that, man. It, the relationship will be over. Okay. So I'm just like abbreviating what may have been said then compared to how even people talk now. Right. But she had 
to pull away. She had to be there for the three months to protect what was growing inside of her, to fortify herself in the spirit of God, listening to the frequency of God and tuning out that frequency of flesh. So I pray that you begin to take time to tune out the frequency of your flesh. Yeah. Those desires, um, those lies, uh, the behavior that is um, uncharacteristic. You know, you got to tune that stuff out and tune into the frequency of the spirit of God. And that's the truth. The truth is in the word. And by tapping into the frequency of the spirit of God, you can affect not only yourself, but you can affect other people. You can even affect the world by being the example of what it's like to walk in the spirit, to take captive every single thought, to be free of yourself and begin to worship in truth. So, you know, I pray that um, y'all got something out of this today. Um, I have enjoyed spending this time delivering the word today. Um, I thank God for the Virgin Mary, because if it wasn't for her, we wouldn't have Jesus. And even Elizabeth, for the fact that she didn't doubt God, she was excited that she was going to be pregnant. And the fact that she gave birth to John the Baptist who baptized Jesus and the Holy Spirit fell upon Jesus. And God said, this is my son and who I am well pleased. And as a result, John the Baptist helped to convert so many people, bring so many people to Christ. And the story and the saga continues all the way up to Revelation. But we know that Jesus is with us today and his spirit is with us today. And I thank God for that. Because without Jesus, who would we be? So if you say, wow, you know, um, this word was, was awesome. I want to be able to cut down the, the, um, the spirit of uh, resilient, you know, the spirit of the flesh, excuse me, the flesh spirit and build up the spirit of God in my life. Um, but you know, I'm not too sure who Jesus is, <laughs> but the beauty is Jesus is there for all of us. And all you have to do is believe in your heart and say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord over your life. And know and believe that he is Lord over your life and you let him in today to change your life and you are saved. Salvation is more than just a guarantee. Salvation is a lifestyle. And that's what giving your life to Christ today will, um, will cause. And, you know, if you are looking for a church home, you know, my church will be glad to, to have you. But even if you receive salvation today or looking for your church home or just more want more information about our ministry visit our website at www.lovemychurch 
and click contact us and someone will get in contact with you to give you further instruction. Amen. So, you know, I pray that, um, you know how to click and connect with us because we want to be able to share the word of God and to teach you how to be better and how the word works. To sow a financial seed, use dollar sign my church Lynchburg on Cash App or visit the website at lovemychurch.org and press sow a seed. You know, um, you think about the gift that God gave to us through Jesus. Um, the fact that he did not begrudgingly hold back the, the, the son of God who died for us. And God loved us so much that he sent us Jesus. And I mean, what, what more can we do but to give our, not only our lives to him, but to be able to generously give the gifts that God gave to us. So I pray as you um, think over your offering, a financial seed, um, being that this is the, the time for um, Christmas where we do celebrate the birth of Jesus, um, I pray if the Lord is leading you to really sow a seed from, the, from your heart to God's heart, that you do that, you know, and we, uh, we thank God for you in doing that because it gives us the opportunity to continue to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the world. It's not only in Lynchburg, it's all over now, just because God has given my husband the, the insight and the gift of starting the My Church channel and everything is used for ministry, everything. So I thank God for your uh, willingness to give and your excitement to give, just like we were excited and thankful that God gave us Jesus. Okay, so again, sow a financial seed using my church on Lynchburg, golly, my church Lynchburg <laughs> on Cash App or visit lovemychurch.org and click on sow a seed. I'm laughing, y'all. Sometimes my, my mind will go faster than my mouth, or sometimes my mouth will go faster than my mind. So y'all excuse me with my, my little stuttering and et cetera, you know. But I thank God for y'all. Um, I thank God for the opportunity to come before you and share the word about the frequency of the flesh. And pray that you're able to control that frequency tune that frequency out and connect to the higher frequency. And that's with the spirit of God, because he wants to use you in a mighty way. And I thank God that I'm able to share this with you so that you can develop your steps as you go through the process of uh, fine tuning that frequency. Okay. Um, so I love you. I pray that you all have a wonderful week. Um, and especially as we're in the last few days of December, um, we're getting ready to say ta-ta, farewell to 2023. Hello, 2024. So I pray that if you're struggling with something with your flesh right now, 
that you'll be able to, to, to get it under control. Right. And, you know, God gives you another chance to do that. And I thank him for that. And I thank him for the word. And I thank God for you. Again, this is Pastor Stephanie. This is the word at my church. I love you. See you next time. And stay tuned for our announcements. At my church, we help people get better by teaching them how the word works. And we want to make sure there is no excuse not to get the word. It's our goal to make all of our ministries accessible on every smartphone, tablet, PC, and television connected to the internet. So whether you're a man who needs some wisdom, a woman who needs some encouragement, or a couple who needs guidance, the My Church channel has just what you need. Simply search for the My Church channel on Roku, Firestick, or Apple TV, or visit mychurchchannel.org. You can also download the My Church On The Go app from Apple or Google Play App Store. Constantly on the move? Check out the Word At My Church podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Or simply download the Word At My Church skill on your Alexa-enabled device. But whatever you do, make sure to stay connected. See you soon.